Hello, Warriors. How are you guys doing this um, Sunday afternoon? It is Sunday, October the 28th, 2023. I hope you guys are, are getting your Halloween stuff done because we only have like three more days of uh, spooky season. Although, you know, um, if you are like me or any of my guests, um, you guys do horror movies all year long. I mean, I know I watch them all year, not just on spooky season. But spooky season is a fun time where you can just go to haunted houses and and go through haunted car washes and and uh, 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 and both if you want to. And then you can put up Halloween decorations on your house or in your house, you know, or both, you know. So. It's just a very fun time, and and I do want to acknowledge that, you know, I know Christians aren't supposed to celebrate Halloween. I don't celebrate it as Halloween. I just celebrate it as a day where I can uh, watch horror movies all the day long, and, um, you know, it's just very fun, and it's nostalgic for me, too, because, you know, as a child, uh, my family and I, we went trick-or-treating, came back home ate our candy and and watched a you know a scary movie or two until it was time to fall asleep uh but um but yeah so uh i just wanted to put that out there and also i want to say uh that that um i just hope you guys have a great uh halloween experience you know go out trick-or-treating with your kids um and do all of that fun stuff while you can um uh, it, yeah, well, well, guys, I have um, three great guests with me today. You know all of them. Um, and you know me too, Latrice Carter with Horror Movie Warriors. I, I don't know if I said that or not, but if I did, did I'm sorry if I didn't. I, I just did. Because <laughs> I know um, during the Friday the 13th episode, I forgot to introduce the podcast. I just like, I just like went straight into the question. Uh, after um, uh, after introducing my guest, so I wanted to be sure that I introduced the podcast this time. Uh, and uh, my guests today that's with me are, well, you guys know them. They were on last Sunday for What's Craven's New Nightmare. David Hahn and his wife, Rose Hahn. Say hello, guys. From out of the darkness and into the light, here comes your horoscope for tonight. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and Miss Ingrid Hubert makes her return. Thank you, guys. Ah, Spike. <laughs> Spike was really cute it's in this one. Spike, oh, uh, guys, what we're discussing today is 976 Evil 2. Now, you guys may remember I did the first one last year. Remember, Miss Ingrid? It was the admins that did it right, last year. Yeah. We, it, I it, that. yeah, we did it the week before Texas Frightmare Weekend. Yes. Yeah. We did. Um, um, but um, but yeah, Spike was very very good looking in this one. I mean, he was good looking in the first one too. But but he oh my gosh, the boy got even finer. I I, I do know that um, this was his last movie. Uh, he is still alive. He's just not acting anymore. I don't think. 
Yeah, he's still alive, just not acting anymore. Huh? I read that he was getting typecasted. Oh, oh that would make me stop. Were horror movies, and he didn't want to do horror. He wanted to do other things, and nobody would let him even try out for them. What? So, oh my I gosh! Well, you know who he should have talked to. He should have talked to Dennis Dugan, because then you know Dennis Dugan. He played on the Howling. I did this on Friday. That's why I can talk on this. He, um, he, um, Dennis Dugan was on the Howling. He played Chris, but he is now one of the most dedicated uh, or decorated, however you want to say it, uh, comedy directors. He directed Problem Child. He directed, uh, he, he's directed most of Adam Sandler's movies. So, it, yeah, he sort of talked to Dennis Dugan. Because Dennis Dugan never did horror after The Howling. Wow. Yep. He, he just wanted to get his foot in the door, which is very much what you got to do. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. to get somewhere where you want to go in acting. And you gotta, sometimes you got to do something that you really is not your Part of forte. Your mm-hmm. Yeah. It might not but, be your forte, but yeah. You got to make sacrifices in some sense when it comes to, you know, getting to where you got to get. And if the opportunity such as that presents itself, then um, my common sense bell would be like, just do it. <laughs> right. And, and, and then maybe uh, Patrick O'Brien, because I think that's his name. Uh, maybe he just didn't want to act that bad because I know if you wanted to act that bad, he would have found something, you know. So I, I, I just think maybe he just um, he said, Does you know do- what? Well, he did try his hand at live theater, but he wasn't too good at it. He um, guy, and he needed too much direction to do live theater. And he's like, well, if they're not going to give me roles that are not horror related, and I can't do live theater, I have other talents, I have other things I can do, I'm going to pursue those and see what happens. Well, evidently, he was successful. All right. With other pursuits. Has he done any of the conventions? I haven't read about that. That yeah, I don't know about. Yeah, because I would. I know I'd love to meet him. I would. I would too. The sad thing is, though, um, I'd want to probably talk to him about um, hit um, a movie he did uh, called No Holds Barred, which had Hulk Hogan in it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he did. He did do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'm gonna have to watch No Holds Barred again. I, I think it's free on Tubi. Uh, so I think I can, I will be able to watch it. But I, because yeah. I loved, I loved those ho- no holds barred. A lot of people yeah, didn't like it, but movie. it did become a cult classic. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It did. Yeah, Latrice, I think it's also on freebie right now. Uh, oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, don't forget about freebie. Freebie is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, uh, the Ruku channel was equally as good. I did not know 976 uh, Evil 2 was on the Ruku until I had um, I am, um, DB'd it. 
I was right. like, oh my gosh, it's on it's on Roku. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. So it's I've been on, watching it ever since on the Roku. So well, I watched it on YouTube. <clears throat> oh, is it free on YouTube or no? Mm-hmm. It's free. Is it oh, okay? Mm-hmm. I have it on a bundle DVD. You know those DVDs they sell at Walmart, really cheap. Every oh yeah, it has like ten movies. Nine seven six DVD was yeah. one of them. Oh okay. Ooh. That's why I need more physical media. I just can't get Yeah, me too. I, I, I do like the DVDs. I love it when I can buy a DVD, especially when they have the commentary on them. Right. The choices, you know, the, the ones that have, usually when they put them in there, a lot of them do have those uh, things to offer, you know, have those extra exclusives, I guess you could say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me hop right on into the questions, guys. Now, okay, so who was your favorite character in this movie? Uh, Miss Ingrid, I will start with you first, and then I will ask David and Miss Rose. Who was your uh, favorite uh, character? Well, you know, the movie had pretty good amount of people that you didn't like or like, but, you know... I like two characters at the beginning, which was Robin and I like Spike. Mm-hmm. Um, th- both of them together trying to eradicate the the evil that was going on, trying to find out, you know, who was killing the college students, and you know, and to go up against an entity or uh, something like the nine seven six evil card. Um, for your horoscope and making you able to do things well that's you know it's bad when you don't want to be part of that but you end up being part of it so they took it on headstrong but I'll say what I need to say about my least favorite name so right right uh, well you know we talked uh, in length about Patrick O'Brien but we didn't discuss the girl that plays um Robin, her name is Debbie something. Guys, do you know that who she's married to? She's married to Bob Eubanks. Bob Eubanks? She's married yes. to Bob Eubanks? She is yeah. too young to be married to Bob Eubanks. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. Debbie James is her name. Yes, Debbie James. Yeah, Debbie James. And, and she mm-hmm. is married to Bob Eubanks. I cannot believe that. I, I couldn't believe it when I read it. I was like, what? Awesome. A game show host. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, uh, okay. Uh, Miss Rose, who is your favorite character on 976 Evil 2? My favorite character is my favorite because, one, she just is a wonderful actress in my opinion but Mm -hmm. two she's got the best line in the whole movie when she (laughs) says you know you look like a young freddy krueger and that yes i know i knew that was going to be your favorite Uh (laughs) yep because i mean we all know that robert england directed the first nine seven six evil. Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of 
homages to Freddie. There is. Yes, oh, there, there is that is. one that I really love. I really love uh, when um, uh, when she finds her best friend dead, and then uh, you see the red coming out of the yes. door. Yes. Yes. I said, "Oh, that's Nightmare on Elm Street right there," because they did it uh, on um, Freddy's Nightmares. Yeah, that she was sucked into a TV show. Yes, especially with the the, the, sucked somebody into a video game. Yes, supposed to go was in a video game. David Uh Bowie. But yep. she didn't have the budget for it, so she got sucked into mm-hmm. a TV show instead, or TV movie instead. Yeah, yep. I-, I call it, um, it's a wonderful night of the living dead. Yeah, yes. a wonderful <laughs> night of the living dead. That was, that's, yeah, a that's a great mashup. That is yeah. a great mashup. <laughs> he's tall, she's regal. Mm-hmm. It's like she's part of the movie, but she's not part of the movie. Yeah. And then she's very knowledgeable about her subject matter. Yes, she and is. Of people who are very knowledgeable about their subject matters. Mm-hmm. And make it their profession. So that's something right. I expect, even if I don't like what they're doing. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, you have to respect knowledgeable them. about it and know how to do what they're doing and can give their information to others willingly, which she does. That I can respect. So therefore, she is my favorite character. All right. All right. Now, I will tell you, Bridget Nielsen, I do like her. I, um, uh, actually, uh, wanted, uh, I wanted, I rooted for her and, um, Sylvester Stallone to stay together, although we all know that they well, did get divorced. Did you hear how they actually met? No. She thought he was the most handsome dude she had ever seen. Well, so, well, shoot, so do I. (laughs) So she went and got her, she posed in nearly the buff (laughs) and had the picture blown up life-size, rolled it up, and sent it to him to his hotel room with a little card. If you want to see the real thing, call this number. Oh, Lord. So he calls the number and he says, you're not real. And she said, want to make a bet? Meet me in the bar. I'm downstairs. Oh my goodness. And there she was. And that was all she wrote. Man. He was was smitten because of that poster. I I guess so. (laughs) And I thought to myself, well, how Cleopatra of you. Because how did Cleopatra meet Caesar? It was that same way? She had herself rolled up in a carpet given to him as a tribute. Mm-hmm. I remember her rolling out of that carpet. And here's this beautiful woman dressed as a goddess Isis. 
can mm-hmm. see uh, men are so predictable man that's all we have to do is against them oh I know right <laughs> yeah that's only one thing you gotta do yep yep just one basically thing. just show up naked no <laughs> <laughs> but that's exactly oh, where Brigitte Nielsen got the idea to have a rolled up picture of her life right right to look into it she said I couldn't think have myself smuggled in that mm-hmm. I did. <laughs> well, and also, you know, Bridget Nielsen is an under, in my opinion, she's a very un- underrated actress. Definitely. Yeah. You know how you know she got how... the movie in the first place? That's what I was yes, saying. Yes, yes, I do. It, it, it's movie. one of my fun, fun facts. So please don't mention it, Miss Rose. Okay. <laughs> I know which one it is, too. Yes. We're ready to say it. Since you said please. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, David, we do not mean to leave out the man. Who was your um, uh, favorite character, sir? Okay. Oh, I went. I went kind of around with this. I mean, um, Debbie, Debbie, who plays um, Debbie James, who plays Robin. I mean, she was just okay Mm -hmm. as uh, the protagonist, the final girl. Mm -hmm. I think by this time in the '90s, uh, they were still using a formula that had been successful in the '80s and had been running the ground, and now at this time the horror genre is into the straight to video doldrums as i was yeah. mentioning last week uh spike who was played by patrick o'brien um just you know just this badass biker loner rebel kind of guy but he has a heart of gold as we saw in the previous film and he's the only character returning mm-hmm. from the previous film to this one mm-hmm. and you know he's got the heart of gold and he's fighting the true evil and you know i don't just like him because you know he was in a hulk hogan movie but to me i agree with rose who really stole the show was bridget nielsen as agnes Mm -hmm. she was to me spike really hit the nail on the head when she said you're like Elvira on steroids <laughs> and you know oh, was, she was uh, like oh you me. say the most sweetest things <laughs> yeah, you know how much I love me my Elvira all I'm gonna say is this like her ex-boyfriend used to say yeah boy I have no idea how she got with Flavor Flav, okay? I have no idea. She probably don't even know. <laughs> Bridget Nielsen and Flavor Flav. Yeah, I could not believe that those two were together, man. That that cooked me that, off guard. That genuinely caught me off guard. Oh gosh! Some skit from some TV show, right? I didn't think it was real the first time I heard it. Mm-hmm. Uh, she went from Sylvester Stallone, who is the most finest guy. It, I mean, even at the age of eighty, I, I'm, not, I'm not really sure how old he is, 
but I do know that he, he might be fine. 80. He and he's fine, still, fine, oh fine. my <laughs> gosh. It's like the dude is a vampire. Mm-hmm. But you go from that to flavor. Are you kidding? How? How? Right. Right. Okay, let, let's go back to the movie. <laughs> I know, Miss Rolls. I, I, oh my gosh, I just, yeah. Okay, so my favorite character is, uh, actually, I, I agree with all of you. Um, uh, I do like Agnes, but I also, but I, I, I love, um, you know, Spike. And yeah. he was just, there willing to help i mean he she didn't even know um it, it, he didn't know robin at first you know uh, i think they met yeah. at a restaurant or something like that and then you know yeah. she had the card and and he already knew what the card was about so he yeah. wanted to you know make sure that she was okay and you know make sure that she wasn't calling this thing and and she fi- he finds out that she wasn't but she still connected somehow yeah. so you know, he just, yeah. he goes out of his way to help this girl. I mean, he even, uh, you know, spoiler alert, people, he even dies. That's right. So, <laughs> yeah. So he was my favorite um, character. Okay, so uh, who was everybody's least favorite character? And, okay, so I think we all are going to have the same least favorite character. So on the count of three. We're going to go ahead and shout the name out. Name out, okay? Okay? One, two, three. Mr. Grubeck. <laughs> Mr. Grubeck. We already knew that. <laughs> yeah. And you are um, right there. <laughs> he was yeah. creepy, but not in a fun way. No, it, it, he was creepy he was in not. the scariest way possible. Oh my gosh! Ew, factor like 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 uh, Al, Al, Taylor I think said ew factor. You ew, know. Yeah, the ew factor. It's <laughs> like oh no. Oh my god! But he seemed like he was a creep even before we find out that he was killing his students. Yeah, totally. Oh, at oh yes i mean oh my gosh he was such he was just creepy all around you know you don't want to be in the same breath or you know arizona as, as much as he is i mean i i, I it would just i would feel icky uh, yes <laughs> oh my gosh Ooh, <laughs> So okay, so what is everybody's favorite scene? And David, I'll uh, I'll uh, start with you first, and then I'll ask the ladies. But what was your uh, favorite scene, David? Okay, well, first I must premise this by saying, I go way back with this movie. I go way back. I'll give you an idea. My I used to spend the summers out of my grandparents, and my grandparents had one of those huge satellite dishes. Mm. You know, it's not like just outside your window. I mean, they had mm-hmm. ones like NASA had, and they had like this little dial that you had to turn. And if you got it just right, you would get um, either you know, country music television or TNN, the Nashville Network. And mm-hmm. they didn't have it on that all the time. If they didn't have it on that, you turn the dial just a little bit more, and you could get just 
as clear as day, the Sci-Fi Channel. Right. And I remember it was either... I want to say it might have been 93. Um, the Sci-Fi Channel, that they had the TV on, left it on that. And I remember there were quite a few times when I would walk into the living room after being in my room or being outside, and I would see the scene where um, Susan Lawler, uh, played by uh, Monique Gabrielle, where she would get, you know, the phone call on her car phone um, from the horoscope and then to be messing with her radio. And then she would, you know, the car would start driving and then, you know, there'd be Robin there in the car crash. And I would see everything from that up until the end of the movie when Robin got arrested and the pick phone rang. But the thing is, I never knew what the movie was. They're 30 years. <laughs> I just kept replaying that scene in my mind. And then I got the DVD and I watched it and I start and then it goes to that scene. And I just, Rose will tell you, I freaked out like going, this, 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 that's, the, that's the movie. This is the movie. This is the scene. <laughs> this is the movie. I finally, with this, found the movie. It was 976 Evil 2. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Because back in those days, with the technology we had, I mean, you just didn't have the TV guy channel to where you can see the name of a movie. You're like, okay, I'll watch that. Or you didn't have the internet readily at hand. Exactly. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of movies that I have seen when I was younger that I don't know the names to, but, you know, I, I know the scenes. But, right. Um, yeah. And that's, what, and that's why the scene with um, um, Monique Gabriel, who played Susan Waller, is in the car and um, Grubeck is harassing her. And, um, yeah, through the radio, and then she dies in that crash. And that's why it's my favorite scene, because it's a scene that has bugged me for years, because I didn't know what the movie was until now. Right. Right. I get you. (laughs) Right on, man. And, uh, uh, Ms. Ingrid, what was your favorite scene? My favorite scene? Hmm. Well, I I'm gonna be a little odd on this one. My favorite scene was actually when Robin was getting arrested. Oh, really? Yeah, because you never thought throughout the whole movie that she would be arrested at the very end. Yeah, it was kind of like a shock. Yeah, uh, you know, and I, yeah. I wasn't expecting it. I was like, wait a minute, what? Yeah. <laughs> wait, it was like wait, he was on. He was framing her for everything. Exactly. Yeah. He was framing her throughout the entire movie. But why did he choose her to frame? Right. That's what so I was trying to figure out. No, but but you know, before you the answered, the old man who wanted the young girl working in his office knew he couldn't have her, knew she had no interest in him, so he decided mm-hmm. to blame her for not wanting him. Oh, that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because <laughs> I was like, wait, hold on. 
and he even hinted at this multiple times throughout the movie. Yeah, he yeah. did. He right. did. Yeah. Nobody likes to put all of the hints together mm-hmm. while they're watching it. I'm right. She's gonna get. She's either gonna go insane and be put in the booby hatch for this. Yeah, she's arrested and thrown in jail for this. Yeah, I even or told you. Convicted, but convicted while insane. Therefore, she'll go to a booby hatch for the criminal agency. Yeah, I think I even told you. Um, okay, if I remember correctly, in this movie, she's going to get arrested, and then there's going to be a payphone that rings somewhere. Yes, yeah, she mm-hmm. did. Yeah, so you know, it's like. I knew this movie. I just didn't know what it was until recently. So, uh, Ingrid, I mean, that was also such a very uh, scene at the end where the payphone rings. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, you know, a creepy kind of... Well, you know, it, it's just like at the beginning, too. The phone is ringing and, you know, she didn't answer it. I think the girl's right. name was Lori at the beginning. She didn't answer it, but... The phone was ringing. I, I just think it was a great way to call back to the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, guys, yeah. we have to take one little break. Or not one little break, but uh, we're going to take a little break. And then when I get back, Miss Rose, I will ask you for your favorite scene. And then I'll give my favorite scene as well. We will be right back after this. Do you guys love horror toys? Are you a horror collector? Well, there's a store in Allen, Texas named Elm Street Toys that sells all things horror. You can buy action figures, chucky dolls, board games, and even air freshener. Elm Street Toys is ridiculously inexpensive. You guys can get a Mezco 72 Collective Halloween 2 Michael Myers for $89.99 off of their website. Their website is www.elmstreettoys.com. If you guys can't make it into, into the store, you guys can definitely go on their website and shop until you drop. Again, the name is Elm Street Toys. The location is Allen, Texas. And if you guys cannot get to the store, the website is www.elmstreettoys.com. Enjoy your horror toys. All right, Warriors, and we are back. And Miss Rose, what is your favorite scene, my dear? On uh, 976, or yeah, 976 Evil 2. Okay, so before I go to my favorite scene, I have, I didn't get to say who I didn't like. Yeah, right, right. I, I'm so sorry. That was my fault. Who is I your least favorite here? Can hear me because I don't sit right near the computer. Oh, no, we, we can oh, hear my, you just fine. He's my least favorite character. One, that comb over. Who you trying to fool? <laughs> he looks so ugly. Come on. 
<laughs> Two, he's a liar. Yep. Yeah, I know most lawyers are, but he's the scummiest kind because he sits there knowing that he's got Knowing. That's the key word, and, knowing. And defies and denies that his client did this and says he's innocent. Right. He can't prove anything. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just hate people like that. But moreover, his name bothered me. Yeah. Hmm. I knew I had heard that name before and I could not place it. Right. And then all of a sudden, it popped in my head. I saw this, basically, what looks like a werewolf pop in my head. And I'm like, a lemish. What's a lemish? It's an evil spirit. Mm. What is it? Well, I mm. look at it. it turns out that a lemish is a evil spirit from Akkadian and Sumerian mythologies. Here again, we're doing that mythology thing. Right. Mm -hmm. That would stalk people and harm them in their sleep. And if you were harmed by a lemish in your dreams, it came true. You were really harmed that way physically. Oh my gosh. Wow. Much like a Freddy Krueger. Right, oh, right. Much yeah. like a shadow person, a, a, a incubus or a succubus. Mm -hmm. okay. Oh. So, how this ties in with my favorite scene is if I didn't have the internet on my phone, which of course we all do now. Right. I would have had to go to the library to look up what a lemish was. Mm -hmm. And what scene in the movie is much like a library, but Lucifer's bookstore. Mm -hmm. I knew that was your favorite scene. When you walk in, you've got these beautiful wood shelves. You've got these beautiful candelabras with all of these mm -hmm. candles on them. The scenery in there just doesn't match the rest of the movie. It's like stepping into another world, and I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that we're stepping into this other world. Then we're greeted by this beautiful temptress, <laughs> and she's knowledgeable, and she has the information that he needs. Right, right. With his mission. So he steps into this other world for just a couple minutes of the movie. But it's those couple minutes that are the most memorable for me. Because right, right. Well, I thought that is the atmosphere and it's all those books. I love books. Mm -hmm. and I right, right. Being all those books available actually makes me hungry to go to the library again. Uh, right. <laughs> I the library. But, but, but That's you why know, I was for Christmas. I know. You know, Miss Rose, I thought that this, I thought that that part did go with the movie only because, because uh, like you said, that's what Spike needed to, right. you know, he needed to know what, what it was, mm -hmm. you know, what the Astro was, and he needed to know how he can, if he could, defeat it. Right. So I, I always thought that scenery. that everything else has been outdoors or in a home, but, mm -hmm. and then we've had some scenes inside a college. Yeah. 
you know, with the swimming pool, the showers, and then you got to love that it was Faust that was being shown, and it even had, uh, what's that guy's name? George Buckflower. No. The television host from Texas. Oh, Joe Bob Bob Griggs. Yeah. Joe Joe Bob Bob Griggs was directing Faust. In that movie. Oh my <laughs> lord! That would have been yeah. And that was in the beginning scene too. Yeah. Going into the auditorium, pause it and read that sign. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was produced and directed by Joe Bob Briggs. And uh huh. Yeah. And I think it was directed it was by Roger Gorman or something like that. <laughs> yes, they. Do a lot of homages right there. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, that's where she gets killed on stage. That's the first death in the movie. Yeah. In a scene where, in a play where somebody makes a deal with the devil. Right. Faust. So that's where you see mm-hmm. the devil incarnate uh-huh. for the movie. Yeah. Rubeck for the first time. But he's dressed as a wealthy man. Yep. Mm-hmm. Rubeck means wealth. Oh, wow. Not. I think it may be also a statement about how, um, you know, all the corporate suits are the devil. There, I said it. But he's a professor. So, still <laughs> same thing. Well, he comes off as just a, just a lecherous, slimy Lech, suit. Yes, he's definitely mm-hmm. a lech. And you know what? I'm just going to just going to say it. You know, professors and faculty at universities like, especially the one across town, which we call. We we remain nameless because we're on a public forum. (laughs) Well, I don't care if they hear me. I'm not affiliated with them. (laughs) Let's just say here here we call it almost Christian University. You say almost Christian. (laughs) Yeah. Which I'll get on my tangent about that a little later. (laughs) But this town has three Christian universities in it. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But one of them is actually called Christian. Mm -hmm. The other two are Christian associated and affiliate. They each have a church backing them. I think one's Methodist and the other Lutheran. Ah, but I don't know if any one church backs the biggest one that he's referring to. Yeah, which, like I said, I'll get on my tangent about that when we discuss the uh, least favorite scene. Oh, <laughs> well, well, we're almost there. So, <laughs> well, uh, um, my favorite, um, uh, my favorite scene is actually the beginning scene. Uh, not because uh well not just because of the, all of the homages that you were um uh, talking about um Miss Rose but because um I liked that we got to see that it is going to be a scary movie. It's not going to be one of those movies that's gonna you know take a long time to get to the point. No, that was the point. <laughs> that the scene, the beginning scene, was the point of the movie. We already know that this guy is the devil. You know, he's killing off his students. We know that from jump. 
So mm -hmm. I liked that it was fast, quick, and in a hurry to the point. Because not a lot of scary movies do that, especially now. They like have these slow burn, and I know a lot of people do love the slow burns. I am not one of those people. If you're gonna scare me, scare me right off the bat. Yeah, they take in a lot of today's movies. They take way too much time and character build up. Uh -huh. Get trying to get you to like these unlikable people. Oh, yeah. Right. I'm I'm just sitting here. I can't wait to see how they kill you. Yeah. It, it, and, and that's not a good. Here when you die. And that's another thing that I lo love about 976 Evil. Uh, heck, almost all of the movies in the 80s and the 90s. Um, you know, we have people to root for. You know, we're rooting for Robin to be able to solve this this thing. And, you know, we're, we're even though at the end we're disappointed, but we're rooting for her nonetheless. And, you know, so... I, I don't know. I, I, I just think it's a lot different than the movies today. It is. I agree with you. So, I, yeah. I, so that was my favorite part. You know. Uh, uh, did I miss anybody? I didn't miss anybody, um, did I? Did no. Like? no. Okay. Yes. Okay. Uh, okay, so now we move on to the least favorite scene. And David, you got me curious. <laughs> what is your least favorite scene, sir? Okay, well, it's pretty much just every time Grubeck gets near, like when he's just like <laughs> within eye distance or whether he's just so close or even touching Robin. I mean, it's right. just oh gosh, creepy. creepy. <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, unless you're Hugh Hefner, no. Or Bob Eubanks. Yeah, Bob Eubanks. <laughs> <laughs> I almost said Ric Flair, but you don't need more references. No. But here's why, you know, that kind of bugs me. Some of you may know that are listening to this that I'm a musician. And for the longest time, with the kind of stuff I play, my choices in venues have been very uh, limited. And there was a guy, um, I don't remember his name, um, but he just reminded me a lot of Grubeck. He always wore a suit. He owned the place. The, the coffee house is called Maslow's. I don't even know if it's open anymore. And um, I played there, and... You know, he talks about, you know, you know, I'm sure y'all met people like this. I mean, he talks about, you know, family and love of Christ, but there was just something about him that was creepy, especially when he got very close to Courtney, who hosted the open mic night. Mm -hmm. I mean, she was young enough to be his granddaughter. Mm. So that was... That kind of bothered me, and that was reason why she left, and they got somebody else to host it. I don't even remember who that was. But I, he irritated me because I remember first time I played there, I did a song called Hollywood Zombies. Mm -hmm. And I make a reference to Satan because it's a song about a deal with the devil. Like right, right. Right. And the next week he says, um, 
David, can I talk to you? I'm like, yeah, okay, sure, whatever. He's like, okay, I like you. I want you to be a part of the crew. But because I run this business, I have final say on what goes on here. We have families coming in here. We're right across from a Christian university. I don't want you making a reference to Satan. Like, what do you mean? He's like, well, the song, you mentioned Satan twice. Well, yeah, I mean, but I'm not saying, you know, praise Satan or worship Satan. I'm saying you come to Hollywood, you come into the temptations of being, um, you know, having to make a deal with the devil to make it in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, that doesn't matter, blah, blah, blah. I'm an idiot. I don't know what I'm talking about. And, you know, all he just reminds me of all these stuff shirts. Um, I had it better in my notes. Reminds you of all these guys? Yes, Grubeck. He reminded me of all these. Represents every stuff shirt that uses his power for corruption and pushing yes. his own agenda. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I'll never forget this. We get we now have a Hooters here in Abilene, and it's not that far from um, this uh, private Christian university. Well, and, and Abilene, that, you guys are small, right? Abilene is like a small town, right? Let's just say this: for Texas, we call ourselves a big city with a small town feel. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. we Can, are actually bigger than Toledo, Ohio. Oh, really? In square footage or square mileage, but we have one third of the population. Ah. So that's where the small town thing comes in. It is the big city that thinks it's a small town. Yeah. But anyway, like I was saying, all the stuff shirts um, told the students that if you are seen at Hooters, um, that you will be expelled from school they will they will throw you out and it's wow and i get it it's a private university they they make their own rules i mean if they find out you're gay they'll expel you if they find oh. out that you were once married and had children and are now divorced and you're a single parent especially a single mom you're out yeah but oh I'm just wow say, yeah but here's the funny thing all that did when that went out, all that did was bring more publicity to Hooters. Oh. <laughs> I mean, every time. And I, I, I tell you what, Hooters is a good place to, to eat, though. Oh, my yeah. gosh. That, yeah. yeah. They got some great wings. Yeah. I'm just, I think they actually really said that for two reasons. One, they're probably in cahoots with Hooters because you step on the college's foot and they squeal, people pay attention to you. And two, I think the faculty at a at the university said um that that they'll expel you is because they didn't want the students to see the faculty being hypocrites. Oh yep. Mm -hmm. That's a big possibility. So like I said, I mean they're pushing their own agenda and you know making life hard on people mm -hmm. and they even said they expel students that work there will make tuition cheaper yeah their tuition is one of the highest and, and, mm -hmm. others, and you know those uniforms that they wear for the basketball and volleyball team mm -hmm. those shorts are shorter than anything the girls at hooters wear that's 
Oh, uh, that's my doggone, uh, what do you want to call it, uh, contradictory type attitude. Very, yeah. and that's why Grubeck really rubbed me the wrong way. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, and any scene where he's coming on to the young Robin. Yes, oh my God. Yes, because it reminds yeah. me of how that garbage at Maslow's came on to Courtney. My goodness. And Miss Rose, how about you, ma'am? What was your least favorite scene? I had quite a few that I didn't care for. But uh, I think my most hated scene is when Grubeck is in the house with Robin alone. Mm-hmm. And he's got her backed against the wall. And he's telling her that she's going to be in a little cell so that he can come and he can harass her and basically mind rape her all night long. Yep. Every night, whenever he feels like it, that she's going to be his personal little slave. Any man who can say that to any woman, or I'll just say any person who can say that to another person. Right. Is not a person. They are evil type of evil entity they are evil and they need to be put down yes mm-hmm. and you know i know that was thrown in there to be scary and all that but it, it's not scary so much as it's infuriating right to me and the fact that it's a lecherous old man against a beautiful young woman Like David was saying, you know, it harkens back to the days when the rich men could steal the poor girls from town. Yep. Have their way with them and then throw them back into the town, who now hates them for being ravished by the old man. So they ostracize the girl or accuse her of witchcraft. Yep. I was just going to say that too, Miss Rose. <laughs> and in the end, what happens? It's still a witch hunt. Yep. She's yep. the one locked up for his misdeeds. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that scene combined well, with her being locked up for his misdeeds. And that goes back to what you were saying, uh, Miss Rose, how you were saying, saying how there were so many um, hints in the movie as to what he was doing yeah. you know he, he was, was framing piece. her for all of the murders that he did exactly and torturing her at the same time yes yeah all because he couldn't have her yep mm-hmm. well, you know what that makes me think of what Hunchback of notre dame yeah he's frollo uh-huh. exactly He's Frollo and she's Esmeralda. Mm-mm-mm. If he can't have her, no, no man one can. Yes, yes, mm. yes. And Miss Eve would Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Miss Rose. Real tale. Huh? It was even in the Bible. Oh, yeah. There was even a very famous king, to my recollection, who wanted a very beautiful woman who happened to be bathing on her balcony. Yep, that was David. And so he sent her husband to the front line so he could have her. Yep, that was David. 
Yes, and David was not a good boy. <laughs> well, Sorry. I didn't want to say his name because of my husband. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I David. Was, it happens. You know, it was, it's part of the Bible. It, it is. Shows even one of the it is. chosen by God could fall by the wayside. Yep. And commit murder because that's what that's ultimately what he did he committed murder first he lusted yep he coveted yep and then he murdered yes he did he did all three yes he did and that's exactly what this guy would have done if he could have he would have stolen her. Yep. But he couldn't. Yep. So instead, he decided to punish her. Oh, you don't want me? Fine, I'll have you locked up where nobody can get you. That's right. That's right. And then I'll ask her to project myself into you. And since he was already a spirit, even though the body's dead, we know at the end the phone rings. He's still here. And yep. <laughs> we know he's going to be tormenting her. And yep. And he told her pretty much what he was going to do to her in that scene. So you know yes, that that's did. what this poor girl's in for. Yeah. for the and rest we of didn't, uh, we just, we asked the audience, us hearing this, we just didn't put two and two together. That's all. Because like I said, it it was kind of, for, for me, the ending was, was kind of a twist. You know, like, like wow i didn't know that that was gonna happen but he did say a few things back <laughs> that that's what he was going to do <laughs> and then so. his very lawyer is a lemish right wants people in their sleep well I, I knowing this now that uh that that just brings on a whole nother level of meaning to this movie <laughs> so to me his lawyer is just another aspect of himself. Think about that. Why can he lie for his client? Because he is his client. Right. He's just projecting himself in another form because he has now become the devil. He can do just about anything he wants. And get away with it. You know what? This makes me mad that there was not a 976 Evil 3. Because that would have been a perfect for a, seat, a, a third one. And if yes. And, 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 and it left the door open for a third one, too. Yeah, so. they did leave the door wide open. But um, video sales were almost limited to the... Oh, uh, yeah. And I'm pretty sure it probably didn't do well. Uh, and, and you know this was direct to video record. too so I, I i can imagine that it probably didn't do well you know in, yeah. in sales yeah and technology's kind of made a 976 evil uh, 976 numbers in general somewhat obsolete yeah yeah you you don't even see 1-800 numbers anymore you know <laughs> i used to listen when we were um, stay awake for USA oh, all night. When the commercials came on, what did you see? 
the one eight hundred sexy commercials. <laughs> that is so funny you mentioned that. Um, I remember not that long ago, um, I was showing Rose some old uh, wrestling from a, a wrestling group called Wildside Wrestling, and whoever um, recorded it didn't record over the commercials. <laughs> they didn't pause it and then you know hit record after the commercials was over so we got the commercials and one of them was like one of those 976 numbers that says mm, these lovely girls are just waiting to talk to you <laughs> David, how accurate you sound <laughs> 99 cents the first minute what was it a dollar 99 the first minute 99 cents and what was it the second every ninety nine cents per minute thereafter? Yeah, and then the very next commercial was a commercial saying, "Is your phone bill too high?" <laughs> There's a connection. Well, you somewhere. best you better believe that it was high. <laughs> and doesn't you that kind of harken that... back to the first nine seven six evil? <laughs> See, this is the phone bill here. Oh gosh. Well, uh, okay, uh, uh, Miss Ingrid, what was your uh, least favorite scene? Well, my least favorite scene is basically any scene where Grubeck was touching Robin and you'd have either some kind of um, vision or some kind of reaction that was always caused by uh, Grubeck, you know, towards poor Robin. You know, and she, you know, basically was, you know, antagonized by this thing um, that seems to have nothing but ill intentions on having her um, being blamed for everything that he has done. And she's always in the vicinity which is a shame you know when something happens it goes on and, um i'm thinking that her dad you know because it took a minute before you found out that he was the dad at the beginning when she touched uh when the grew touched her um and she had that like a joke a shock or something and she hit the floor you know and here it is you, you don't know it's her dad till maybe four or five sentences into the conversation, you know, it's like it yeah. wasn't known at the very beginning of the conversation. And you're like, what the, you know, so it kind of seems like it ties in with when the dad at the very end of the movie, and it was like, he, um, he couldn't believe that his own daughter would be doing such things like that, you know, and, Oh, coming again, you know, here it is that poor Spike killed that, you know, at the end, but she still got the everything else when they found the body down um, at the bottom of the cliff, you know, and then they told her the story of how Spike was killed on 39, you know, and she was like, well, how could that be, you know, and here it is, she gets here it is, she's the one that gets blamed for all the college students getting killed, you know. And I'm like, well, how did that roll around, when, you know, when she was the one that was trying to solve everything in the beginning, you know. Because and she came off blaming Grubeck. 
Well, I understand what that that was what that was saying, but my thing was is that you know after everything that he had already said that he was going to do to her, and frankly, you would have thought at the end somewhere that it would have changed over to where it was like, yeah, this is Grubeck doing this, but it wasn't to be uh, rectified as that, you know, and she ended up being the one that was totally blamed. I mean, it wasn't even a possibility from what the cop, it was like he was just wanting to find somebody and be done with the case, you know. That was probably, that probably was the case. (laughs) It probably was it. Well, that's part of it, but also think about this. If Rubeck can manipulate people's dreams and he can manipulate the present, was there a scene we didn't see where he manipulated the cop? Oh yeah, that that could be too. That could be too. Well, guys, I have to take I have to take a break. The reason why the phone rang. I have to take a break because it's about to cut out on me. So we will be right back after this. All right, Warriors, we are back. Uh, hopefully, that hopefully the last break was our last break. Um, but um, I want to get um, to Miss Rose's um, uh, answer for uh, how do how does uh, nine seven six evil two pertain to the Bible? And uh, Miss Rose, take it away. How do you um, feel that it pertains to the Bible? Well, like you said before the short break, I have brought this up, but I want to get into it a little deeper because it is profound. And especially in this day and age, when we live in a culture that can be termed, and this is from social media, rape culture, it's very important that we look at this. So the story comes from the 11th and 12th chapters of Second Samuel, as well as first and second chapters of first Kings. And if you want the full story, go ahead and go there, read them for the both the historical and biblical context. But Bathsheba was married to Uriah, one of King David's generals. While she was bathing, David saw her, was overcome with lust. After learning who she was married to, he proceeded to send her husband to his death. And he summoned her to her to his chambers where she conceived a child. The great prophet Samuel had warned Israel in 1 Samuel 8 that there was great danger in a nation placing unrelenting trust in a sovereign ruler rather than God and God alone. But the people foolishly wanted a king to go into battle and fight for them. But Samuel warned them that a selfish king who would only take for himself an act out of self-serving ambition. In fulfillment of this prophetic warning, the Bible tells of King David, who is not in battle fighting for his people, rather resting at home and taking another man's wife for his own sexual gratification. The Bible does not say that Bathsheba was a willing participant Mm -hmm. in this sexual conquest. Therefore, King David was raping her. Mm -hmm. 
And David was the king. No woman in his kingdom would have the power or authority to deny his sexual advances. Much in the same way as many victims of unwanted sexual assault at the hands of powerful men have experienced throughout history. Bathsheba was no seductress. She was a victim of rape. And any attempt to vilify her for the king's sinful lust and flagrant abuse of power serves only to propagate this rape culture, which is the opposite of Christian morality. Yet, we hear about it being done all the time to the point where, oh, don't wear that skirt, don't show your legs. If you do, right. you're asking for it. Mm -hmm. And one can say that Robin was asking for it by wearing that midriff-bearing shirt almost throughout the entire movie. Oh, Those yeah. Short, tight shorts. And at the beginning, I forget the name of the character, but we see her showering, and then she puts on a see-through T-shirt on wet skin, like a T-shirt oh, yeah. contest, mm -hmm. and yeah. white panties, and goes running around. Yep. Well, the first thing that comes to most people's mind is, well, she would look at her. She's asking for it. Mm -hmm. well, men need to learn to control themselves. Yep. And this movie shows how men skirt having to control themselves by exerting their power. Yep. And abusing the truth. their power. Yep. And that's why that's why I was looking for scriptures on abuse of power, because right. I I totally agree that was totally an abuse of power. I, I just yeah, couldn't. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, and, I and I'm sure that there are scriptures because I had I was going to say the same thing. Yeah, and then I'm like, but there is a story that shows the perfect abuse of power that mirrors this almost exactly he gets rid of the people who could help her and then frames her well Bathsheba has been called the seductress the temptress the sorceress who brought down the great king of God mm -hmm. that God appointed but in reality that's looking at it through male colored lenses Mm -hmm. she was a victim she it was commonplace for rich women to bathe on their balconies mm -hmm. the, the humidity didn't uh the humidity of the hot water in the bath didn't mess up the frescoes in the house it would make them mold He's the pervert who was watching. Right. People were supposed to avert their eyes. But he didn't. And it's not like they did it where everybody could see. There were curtains. But his balcony was higher than her balcony. Because nobody's balcony could be higher than the king's. Mm -hmm. So that's how he was able to watch her. He watched her from above sitting up there in his powerful position, pretending to be God and playing God by killing her husband. Yep. 
And since he decided to play God, God let him die for it. Mm-hmm. And let him fall. Plus, he was supposed to have gone into battle. And he's like, nah, I don't want to. I'm going to stay here and seduce a young woman and rape her. Of course, the Bible uses the word seduce. Mm-hmm. But we all know what he really did. She wasn't a really participant. She was in love with Uriah. Now, uh, and it says that in the Bible. Now, uh, Miss Rose, um, repeat the scriptures um, of the um, of this again. Uh, I said you said second king. Find the story. It's in the twelfth chapter, eleventh and twelfth chapters of Second Samuel. Okay. Uh, yeah, because um, I, 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 of course, you know, I know the story very well, but you for my listeners, find it in the first and second chapters of First Kings. Okay. Because as I said in another podcast, the Bible generally will repeat itself. Oh yes, yes. And tell the story from two different angles. Especially, especially uh, the. Uh, uh, first Samuel and Second Samuel, First Kings, the Second Kings, the First Chronicles and Second Chronicles, they 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 do tend to repeat itself. Oh, and in the New Testament with um, Matthew, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So yeah, you know they do have, but yeah. when, whenever they do repeat themselves, though, it is is always a much broader, you know. Um, it yeah, is they just, give little tidbits that the other didn't. Yes, yes, that's what I'm trying to say. So that you can put together the whole story. It's like he said, she said. You've got two sides or two angles of right. the same story. So and even revelations do it too. So this one these things, and then when you put it together, you have a more broad view of what happened. Exactly. Exactly. You know, when we talk about the rise and fall of David, it reminds me of that um, saying or that dialogue in The Dark Knight when he says, you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. Yep. There's a lot of heroes let it go to their heads, which is exactly what David did. Yep. And, and they become proud. You know? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Which is one of the, according to the Catholic faith, one of the seven deadly sins. Mm-hmm. Pride. Mm-hmm. Just Definitely. like lust. Well, you know, um, that's what it says in Proverbs. And, you know, uh, like he says, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, seven are an abomination unto him. You know, um, a proud look. A lying tongue, you know. Uh, you know. So yeah. And a proud look is that look of pride. You know, there's one thing to take pride in what you do. Right. Right. And clean your house and you clean it well and and, you're happy. And not only is that one, you know, not only that, Miss Rose, but it is completely another kind of pride. That's and right. People don't like to discern the two. Yeah. Which is why I'm saying there's two different kinds. There's at least two different kinds of pride. There's that pride that 
you get up in the morning, you take your shower, you make yourself look nice, and you walk out the door feeling confident because you know you've done everything you can to look good, smell good, feel good. And now you go to your job and you do a good job there and you take pride in what you do and it shows. But then you've got people who come out, look what I did. I'm so great. Right, right, right. It's like boasting. It's like they boast, you know, about it. And 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 don't don't get me wrong. I'm. There's nothing wrong with boasting either. It's the way that it's done. You know, if your boss says, you know, Miss Latrice, I love this report. You did a wonderful job, and you can say. You know, I think it was my best work. Okay, so that's a boast. Yeah. But you're not doing it in a way that say, hey, look at me. Right, look right. I did. I did better than you or something. You right. know, it, there's not just rubbing a, yeah. else's nose in it. Which right, is right, right. Or I'm going to go ahead and go here. We get up, we make ourselves look decent, we go to work. Movie stars get up. Do they make themselves look decent? No. Somebody else makes them look good for the screen. And then they boast about how beautiful they are, how wonderful they are. Uh, honey, please. You didn't do your makeup. You didn't do your hair. And you didn't right. Dress it was somebody else who did that. So what are you taking pride in? That's somebody that else's work. That's what. pride. <laughs> And well, that was that's one thing I love about Jamie Lee Curtis, speaking of you know, horror movies, screen, screen Queen original here. She does not let anyone dress her or do her makeup for awards, banquets, and shows. Well, I think that's a good thing. Did you know she doesn't even have a mirror in her home? I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> He said there's only one in the van, in the bathroom, and I have to pull it out of a drawer. I check to make sure that everything is neat, and then I go about my merry way. That's why she's so hot. She's a vampire, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> I really loved that because that tells me something. She's not vain. She's not overly proud. She's just comfortable in her skin and being right. who she is. She doesn't have that boastful pride that a lot of starlets have. And right. that just made me love her all the more. But then there's other people who, oh, here's my skin regime, and this is what I do, and here's my products to be beautiful. So you that's your least ever seen in American Psycho. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hate that stuff <laughs> you know if well you have that kind of pride that's the wrong pride and david had it king david mm -hmm. so did rubik rubik yes rubik did have that, that pride boastful, evil pride that says look at me i am the best and if you don't worship me then i'm going to punish you 
yeah if you don't worship me if you don't love me you know yeah so he did he tortured her he plans to torture her for the rest of her life but that's oh. how i see it pertaining to the bible him being a mirror of uh, that like king that's david that story Lawrence. from king david yeah and uh well david how about you sir how do you think it will pertain to the bible you know what's interesting is i had uh the scripture um ready but um ingrid uh i'm saying the name right ingrid yeah ingrid okay ingrid, ingrid um she said my scripture that i was going to use oh <laughs> but it's but you know there is lots of scripture uh about dealing with sorcerer, sorcery and divination and the occult going all the way to Exodus, from Exodus to Revelations. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. most definitely. I mean, in Exodus 22, 18, um, you shall not permit a sorceress to live. Uh, Revelation uh, 22, 15, outside are the dogs and sorcerers and the sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and everyone who loves to practice loves and practices falsehood which is grew back yes yeah in a nutshell and so is uh this one revelations 21 8 this is kismet's favorite uh bible verse but for the cowardly the faithless the detestable as for murderers the sexually immoral sorcerers idolaters and all liars their portion will be in the lake of fire that burns with the fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Mm. Right. I know. I know. That's his favorite verse. He told me. Uh, Leviticus. <laughs> I think Leviticus we've used in multiple. Um, oh yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Leviticus I, is a is a, a popular. I know we used it uh, for uh, witch board. Yep. Definitely. I'm pretty sure. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, all of these are very good. And I am going to look up Second Kings. I really am. Because I do have, you know, as much as I know this story, it's always good to go back and reread. And it's always, you know, like my pastor would always say, it's best to read it for yourself, you know. Right. read it with without anybody else's connotations pre-given. Mm -hmm. Read it and see what you make of it. Mm -hmm. Because I came to that conclusion back in high school. I took this class called Lute, Literature of Old Testament. Lute, L-O-O-O-T. Yeah. Where we looked at the books of the Old Testament as each one its own book in literature without Christianity, without religion, just looking at it as a book. And we analyzed it for motifs and everything else that literature entails. Hmm. And good idea. I looked at the story of David and Bathsheba, and I wrote three different papers about King David. One where I compared him to a young King David to uh, 
anyway, um, King Arthur. You wouldn't believe oh, yeah. how many motifs they share. Mm. And then I compared uh, older King David with Bathsheba to certain politicians in the day who were having their way with certain young women. And this was pre-Clinton, mind you. Right, right. And, you know, I compared the abuse of power, how they take these interns and rape them and then vilify the girls for wanting to get ahead. Right. The girls seduced them. And the guys would get away with it. Mm-hmm. Just like King oh, David got away with it. And, but it brought down, it brought them down in the eyes of the people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's always stuck with me. And I can, I can even hear Signora Florita, who is the teacher for the class, saying that that was the most original take she had ever heard on the David and Bathsheba story because she had always seen Bathsheba as the evil temptress who brought God's appointed ruler down. And, and see, I I never thought that. Uh, I never thought that. I, I uh, always thought of Bathsheba as, uh, I, I didn't see her as a victim, but I didn't see her as the problem either. I just saw her as, a woman who was she just happened to be bathing one one day and this man started lusting after her you know well, she didn't I do anything taught, wrong yeah i was raised that she was an evil sorceress no well then how were you raised on um uh oh my goodness i i, I not delilah but the other one now she Yes, Jezebel was the sorceress. Jezebel was the one that, Bathsheba, please, no, 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 no. Not Bathsheba, it was Jezebel who was the evil. The way I was raised on her, she may as well have been the Wicked Witch of the West. Are we talking about Jezebel or Bathsheba? Jezebel. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that, I could... I could see that, but Bathsheba, no. Bathsheba was, I, I believe that Bathsheba was innocent. She was innocent. She, all she was doing was bathing, and this man, he comes her stalking business. her. Yep. And she had several women there attending her. Mm-hmm. For the so I don't know how. You know, he was a general. I don't know he how she got that reputation as being the one who seduced david and brung him down no david seduced her and brung himself down by disobeying what god right. was saying so yeah but what the church that i went to as a child said and a lot of churches went this route what was she doing on the balcony taking a bath who bathes on a balcony Oh my Why God! Why get naked on a balcony? Well, except they did. They did naked. that back in the day. So, <laughs> like I said, that was a common thing that was given to us by the Romans. You bathed outside 
and they had these curtains up. It's not like everybody watched you. But because of the steam of the bath, they did it outside so that you didn't ruin the walls inside. Because the walls were painted with these beautiful frescoes you know, that would mold from the steam from the bath. You know, it's interesting that you mention um, all the different things that, you know, the science to why you did certain things, like you bathed up there. Mm-hmm. And the how I was raised with it is, you know, you'd ask questions. You were told, this it's what the preacher says. He knows what he's talking about. You don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, see, I've got to ask questions, and I'm so glad that my pastor allows me to ask him, or his wife even. Uh, his wife is a pastor as well. I could yeah. ask both of them, you know. I mean, because I'm like saying, well, how do you know that, you know, um, I, I would really irritate um, the youth pastor. I'd be like, well, how do you know she was tempting David? Did you get a sworn affidavit? Do you have a voice recording? <laughs> how do you know right. huh? 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 you weren't there were you if you are you're old as, as, as i don't know yeah. what no <laughs> no but uh, yeah but, but i'm just saying you know i would ask these questions and get you, no answers and get no answers or they would dance around it and right you know, a lot of people that you know want to try to understand and try to you know, get a good grip on the, the faith and the stories and why we do these things. Whenever you get a text and you just want some interpretation and you go to ask questions and you're pretty much just told, you know, your question is invalid, then that kind of puts a bad taste in your mouth, uh, especially. Oh, yeah. Know, oh, yeah. And that's why, you know, I, I uh, you know, say all the time that's um it it depends uh, it does um matter which church you go to because some churches don't just will will not you know um be accountable for themselves you know and what and what i mean by that is some of them don't want to you know answer the mo- most important questions because they probably don't even know themselves you know and and then don't want to take the time to research it which is you know to study the bible and not only the bible but you know study on the um the commentary bible you know because sometimes you know i know um, a lot of pastors use different bibles so yeah I, i i you know and i think that's why a lot of people don't go to church and i think that's why a lot of people don't want to believe in god because a lot of people have been church hurt yes and i'll tell you what hurt my mother she had been going to this church for let's see she started when i was two and i was 17 at this time 17 or 18 and she went to church one morning and she was looking around and it struck her that the only children in the church were sitting with her 
there were no other children there. Mm. And she was talking to two of the elder women sitting behind her. And she says, well, I'm really struggling with something today. And the one woman says, what's that, dear? And she says, where are all the young people? I see people in their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. Where are all the young people? I feel like I'm sitting in a dying church. And the elder of the two women, it was a mother and daughter, she leans forward and looks at my mother in the eyes and she says, don't you know, dearie? And my mother says, who was an eldress and a deaconess in the church, okay? It's not like she was stupid in scripture. Mm -hmm. The old woman looks her right in the eyes and says, we are Laodicean. Wait, did you say a what? Face. What does that mean? I'll explain in a moment. The look on my mother's face, she turns, looks at me. I gathered up the younger children and we walked out. And we're sitting there in the van, freezing to death because it was cold. <laughs> and I looked at my mother and I said, wasn't the church of Laodicea, the one that God said, I shall spew you out because ye are neither hot nor cold. And my mother said, oh, you, you heard that. I said, did they just admit that the church we've been going to my whole life is already spat out by God because it's neither hot nor cold? Mm, interesting. And my mother looks at me and she says, well, I guess we'll just have to start having services at home. Mm -hmm. He did. I was like, dude, whoa. Yeah. You know, a teenager who is already asking questions right and left. That was a turning point. That was like, uh-huh. Well, uh -huh moment. Yeah, some churches just do not get it right. Wrong with everything I've been taught for the last 14, 15 years. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what do I know is, what about what I know has been misinterpreted, such as the David and Bathsheba story being told that she was an evil temptress, such as um, glossing over much of scripture to take out just the parts. Oh, uh, you're about to get cut off, Miss um, Rose. We'll go to break. We'll go to break right now.
told you how much time it's got left. Okay. All Let right, guys, we are over. back. Uh, we uh, this will be the last break. I'm telling you, this will be the last break. But, uh, 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 Miss Rose, I you know I love your stories, ma'am. But uh, we are so much over time. Um, part of that is this dang computer will let me go more than a second without recording. So I have I have to keep pressing the button until it finally sticks. And so and it, soon it, you'll have the blessing of a new one, from what I heard you say earlier. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, um, Bryant is getting a, a new one uh, from his job, so hopefully, hopefully, it'll be better. And then you know I'm taking a two-week break also, but but more on that la later. Uh, I will uh, let me go ahead and get to the five fun facts. Um, the five fun facts that I have here, they're all interesting, and some of them we did go over throughout the podcast. Um, the first fun uh, fact is both of the films shown during the scene where Paula gets killed were used mostly beca because they were public domain movies at the time. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life is no longer in the public domain, while Night of the Living Dead still remains. As such, my all-time favorite movie, horror movie, Batten Chainsaw. <laughs> uh, my fun fact number two is uh, Jim Wynarski. I'm sorry, Jim Wynarski has admitted in an interview that while he does prefer to do sequels, and I think Miss Ingrid um, uh, brought this up. Uh, he he does prefer to do sequels to bad movies so th that he has a better chance of making a better film. Uh, Deathstalker 2, for instance. Uh, he does make an exception to this film, which he doesn't care for personally. Uh, but he doesn't care for personally. I, I mean, I like it. I, you know, it, it's entertaining if, yes. if anything goes. If not yeah. anything goes, it's very entertaining. Uh, my fun fact number three is, uh, and you guys have run this up, uh, the It's a Wonderful Life part of the film was originally supposed to have been a video game segment, but was changed for budgetary reasons. And uh, my fun fact number four is, before Renee Asa was cast as Grubeck, Jim Ronorski originally wanted Angus Grin. For the part. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And my fun fact number five is Robert England was originally considered to return to the director's chair for this entry before Jim Wynorski took over. England's idea for 976 Evil 2 would have involved a cursed crisis line. Ooh. Ooh. That would have been good. <laughs> It would have been. Uh, now we move on to the cast and crew that has passed on. Uh, Renee Asa, who plays Mr. Grubeck. He passed away on March 10th, 2002, due to lung cancer. And he was 57 years old. Uh, Philip McKeon, who plays Taylor. He passed away on December 10th, 2019 due to a long illness, and he was 55 years old. And yes, that is 
or he is Nancy McKeon's brother. Um, Karen Mayo Chandler. Karen Mayo Chandler. Oh my gosh, Chandler. Oh, it makes me cry. Oh, okay. Uh, she plays Lori, which is the she's the first girl that gets killed in the beginning. Uh, she passed away on July eleventh, two thousand six, due to breast cancer, and she was only forty eight years old. Uh, George Buckflower, of course, you know he plays Terrell. And uh, he passed away on June 18th, 2014, due to cancer. And he was 66 years old. And that's all. Those are all the deaths that we have. Now, I would go on to um, my grouper's reaction, but I admittedly forgot to do that last mm -hmm. night. I forgot to put it on the groups of the, the groupers page. You know, I always like to ask questions and get my groupers involved, especially those that have not been on the podcast. I, you know, I like to um, get them involved, but I did not put a question up last night, so that's my fault. But um, but, but I I uh, we've come to the end of my podcast, and I do thank you guys for bearing with me because, like I said, that. Um, part of the reason why um, this podcast has been so long today and yesterday and Friday is because the uh, my computer just will not let me, uh, for some reason, I have to keep pushing the record button um, for it to, um, to work. Um, so uh, hopefully that won't be the next, the next time you hear my voice. Well, actually... Um, the next time you hear my voice will be on Halloween. I am going to be discussing Hocus Pocus with my niece, my 11-year-old niece, and with um, Allison Stone Whale. With her, her daughter is also 11, and so it's going to be a good time. I, you know, I, I'm getting the kids involved. So, <laughs> um, but um, but that's the next time you will hear my voice is on Halloween and we'll keep it short and sweet that time guy because I know that the kitties wants to get out and get some candy so I'm not gonna even waste their time you know it will not be an hour to an hour and a half show it will probably be 30 minutes 30, 30 minutes to 60 minutes tops I'm sure so uh, but uh, but after that, that's when I am going to take my two week break. I um, the next time you hear my voice will be um, after Halloween will be um, November the seventeenth. Okay, and, and November seventeenth, I will be talking about Possessor with uh, with Allison Stone Whale, uh, Nathan Della, and Michael Williams. So and that, me. Uh, are 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 you supposed to be on that one, David? I'm gonna put yeah. you on. Okay, okay. I, I, you know what? I totally forgot. God, I have not. Um, yeah, I, I have not even looked at the schedule yet. <laughs> so, uh, I, I, so, and David Hahn is gonna be on there, everybody. So that that's gonna be a good time. And that will be yep. a very, very good time. So, 
until November 17th, or I should say Halloween. Until Halloween, when you hear me and my niece Anaya and Allison Stonewell and her daughter Nellie, this has been Latrice Carter, uh, David Hahn, Miss Ro Mrs. Rose Hahn, and Miss Ingrid Hubert in her absence. We will see you guys later. Happy Halloween, guys.